righteousness in our Solid Rock series this morning. And I'd like you to, you we're going to be in the Bridegroom series in our Bible. There's a whole lot to do with the Bridegroom. If you study it through using both the Old and the New Testament, you'll have a lot better comprehension of what it actually entails. Uh, we used a couple examples in our business meetings and such and talked about the variables and the uh, options that God gives us to understand the end times. And these, if you study this, this is one of the key passages to knowing what the end times is about. It's Matthew chapter 22 is where we're going to be most of the time. Our first point, though, and I'd like to read it out of the Old Testament, is the robe of righteousness. Isaiah chapter 61 Verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as the bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud and as a garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause the righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. He's talking here specifically about his people and all those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior, all those that take the opportunity to act upon that precious gift. All right. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, and those gathered here this morning. I thank you that now we have eat, and I thank you for all that went forth to bring that about. We just thank you for others that are here today, and we just ask that you use each one of us to bring glory to your name this week. May we have substance to withstand the devil, and may we have strength to carry on the fight. We thank you, Lord, and the fight in our minds, in our souls, and in our hearts, and in this planet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Jesus answered and spoke unto them. I'm in chapter 22 now of Matthew, the heart of our message. I'm in Matthew 22, verse 1. In the kingdom of heaven, now I'm going to start in verse 2. In the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king. Now he's going to tell us what heaven's like. And this is uh, my in my Bible. The words of Christ are read. You know, some Bibles they dictate or they determine. I always wonder how they do that because you see read all through the Bible. But it's, it's pretty easy to tell directly what words of Christ are in red. But you know, my whole Bible, all, all the words of Christ are are in it. You know, from Genesis one to Revelations, it's it's all Jesus's words, God's words. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants and called them that were bidden to him the wedding, and they would not come. Again he went forth. Now notice, he does this. This is the first time he offers an invite to the wedding. That invite was offered first to the Jew and then the Gentile. You want to look that up sometimes, you can find it. It's all through Scripture, very consistent. In fact, when Jesus Christ came down to this planet, he told his disciples specifically, 
to go to the Jew first and then the Gentile. And again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell, tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things that are ready come on to the marriage. This is the second invitation. But they made light of it. But they made light of it. These were people that were invited to the wedding, and they were made light of it. Now, we have a terrible time in our lives getting our priorities right. We need to pick what we should be making light of. Sunday mornings is not a time to make light of it. Sunday evenings, Wednesdays, any day when it comes to being obedient to God, it's not a time to make light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. One planted a field and the other one worked at the mill. And the raiment took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. What did they do to John the Baptist? What did they do to the prophets? What did they do to Jesus Christ? You see, this is actually a picture of the Jewish people, art and the nation and the world and their attitude towards God. You make light of God. You do damage to his people. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed the murderers and burnt up the city. Doesn't sound like big grace, does it? Then saith he to his servants, The Lord is just, and he is merciful, and he is gracious, but he cannot tolerate sin. He knows what's better for us than we do. Then set forth he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them to the marriage. Sounds really good. Now we can really indulge in God's grace, grace as Gentiles, as non-Jews, as not being necessarily his first choice, but part of his divine plan. And we see we're offered salvation. We're offered a chance to go to the wedding. Now where's this wedding face... Where is this wedding taking place? Revelations chapter 19 is where the wedding feast takes place. And it's the marriage of the lamb and the bride. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. You can read it sometimes. We'll get to Revelations in a little bit, but we'll be in Revelations chapter 3, 17 and 18. And when, and when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man which had not on a wedding garment. And this is where I always used to get a little, little wondering, well, well, you know, he offered everybody and he takes us as we are. How come he requires a wedding garment? Well, traditionally in the Hebrew culture, the, especially a wealthy king or a wealthy person that put on a wedding, and believe me, it takes a little bit of wealth often to put on a wedding. The McCoys can attest to that. Uh, they would invite people and they would give them a garment, an outer covering. And you see it like in church choirs or something like that, something that you didn't, if you couldn't really afford it, 
to, to be all dressed up, at least you all were identified by it as you walked through the street and had the parade and the, testi- and the testimonial parade they had for the wedding. And, and everybody who knew there was a wedding taking place, they could tell by your garments. You wore an outer covering. And the, the one who put on the wedding, the father, he would, he would provide you with a simple garment, nothing real complicated, maybe a colored T-shirt. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm not hinting. <laughs> and he would provide you with that garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, now this man didn't have the garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how comest thou hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. No defense, no excuse. I like how I look in this outfit. I'm coming my way. You you invited me. At least I'm here. I might be late, but I'm here. How does that stand with God? Then said the king to the servant, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into the bitter darkness. They shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The excuse, what you wore and what time you woke up, God will handle some of that. But if you're not clothed in the robe of righteousness, if you're not, if you haven't been washed in the blood, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your way to heaven, if you haven't chosen Jesus Christ as your way to heaven, if you haven't answered the call of Jesus Christ as your way to heaven, you're wrong. You won't get there any other way. I've interviewed in the last two weeks three different people, some right in with the, within the walls of this church that have come to this church, and I ask them, how do you stand with God? All three of them gave me the robe of righteousness to, as a covering. When we get to heaven, God's going to ask each one of us, What are you wearing? How do you come here? Jesus Christ is going to say, I provided him with a robe of righteousness. I wanted him to wear a robe of righteousness. I died and cleansed his clothes. I gave him white linen to wear. Where are you going to be? What are you going to have to show for it? It's not hard to put on some a free T-shirt, is it? It's not hard to do that. But you're going to have to take the initiative and act upon God's word. You're going to have to respond to God's call. You're going to have to be obedient to God's command for you to be saved. Are you going to be found wearing a robe of righteousness? Everybody's going to be happy there. It's a wonderful place. It's a place of blessing. And if we go to Revelations, go over to Revelations. We're not going to be long at this message. Revelations chapter uh, 19. Let's start there, but we'll go right back to 3 real quick. Revelations 19. And I heard, as it were, 
a voice, a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for he, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. I'm in verse 7 of Revelations chapter 19. And to hear and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. I don't, I'm not a very righteous individual. I'm pretty coarse and common. But you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like that rock. You know, when we brought that in, it was black. Have you noticed it's gotten lighter and lighter as it's exposed to God's word? It's lightened up some. How's that for stretching it? You want an, il- you want an illustration? It was wet, and it's been dry. But each one of us are wet behind the ears when we're born, aren't we? You ever wonder where that comes from? You never delivered a calf or a cow as they dry off. The last place to dry off on an individual, for instance, and I've delivered a few. Doc could testify to it. Not that I've delivered a few, but he could testify to what I'm saying. The last part that dries off is usually right behind the ears. And all of us come to God wet. And it's how dry we get. When that rock goes to heaven, if God so wanted it to go, it would go to heaven. He said the rocks will cry out and worship him. If he selects that rock, when it gets to heaven, it's going to be white. All the defilement, all the sin will be taken away. What are you going to be? What color are you going to be? Is they going to have to scrub you for a couple of hours? Or is it going to just take a matter of the angels handing you your garment? Well, I want to wear a robe of righteousness. When I get there, I want it, I want it to be easy. I want it to fit. <laughs> uh, I don't want them to have to scrub me too long. Where do we get that robe of righteousness? Let's look at 3.17. Go back to Revelations chapter 3, verse 17. In 20 there, you'll see that it's just a wonderful time. It's just a wonderful time. It's considered a wedding. Revelations chapter, I said Romans, I'm sorry. Revelations chapter 3, verse 17. It's written on the wall behind me. Because thou sayest, Seventeen and eighteen. I gotta get there. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. There's a lot more to that when you talk about the eye salve. We could go into other parts, but I want to keep it simple this morning. Where do you stand with God? How does he see you? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Everyone in this room has been invited to the feast. Everyone in this room has been called to the feast. Everyone in this room 
has, has been commanded to come to the feast. What are you making light of in regards to it? What are you making light of? And for many, this is the part I like, verse 14. I could identify it. We didn't have heat in the building. About last night it went out. And I thought of this verse as I took a cold shower, which is good for you from time to time. For many are called, but few are chosen. And the verse that came to mind uh, was, a, was a, my uh, stressed out version. And it's many are, are cold and a few are frozen. Where are you with God, though? Are you cold to him? Are you frozen in regards to him? Are you yielding to what he wants you to do with your life? We had a wonderful message this morning on forgiveness. We're not, uh, in Sunday school, we're not asking for a whole lot. God doesn't want, he doesn't ask for a whole lot from that rock, except for it to be a little kinder to other rocks, just be a little nicer to the, its environment, a little easier to look at, a little easier to work with a little easier to enjoy life, for that person to enjoy life, or that rock to enjoy its position in life. He doesn't want us to lighten up. He wants us to lighten up, but he doesn't want us to stay frozen and cold and dark and wet. We accept Christ as our personal Savior. We come to terms with our Creator. And then I'm not trying to get awful specific, but you need to have a time in your life when you yielded to him and you ask him to come into your heart. It's very specific in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. And it's a very personal thing. And I will never judge anybody's salvation in that regard. We're to be fruit inspectors, not to be the planters. Well, we can spread the seed. But we're not to fertilize the seed. Jesus Christ does that. The Holy Spirit does that if you want to follow that through in Scripture. And by the way, tonight we'll have a small study on the Holy Spirit because you can't have a big study on the Holy Spirit because I'm still learning. It takes forever to understand the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God. But the one things I'm, I just identify with Mark Twain, the few things I know about the Bible, the things I don't know about the Bible bother me, don't bother me. It's the few things I know about the Bible that bother me. And I know the Holy Spirit, and it bothers me. <laughs> he, uh, we're going to look at that this evening. There's your commercial, okay? What I want to impress upon you is something that I heard this week, earlier this week. I was channel surfing on YouTube. I couldn't think of the name. I was trying to talk to Doc about YouTube. We were comparing commercials. He's looking forward to the commercials this afternoon. And uh, I, I seen this thing, polar bear attack. And it was just up the road, literally up the channel here. The last city in the strait, some... Nome, somewhere close to Nome, Alaska. A lady went into school, took her little girl into school, 
It's a little village of 150 people. She took her little girl into school, and her boy was with her. And they had lunch there. It was a civic center. It's the center of the whole, you know, the whole area. And she went out, and it was storming, and she had to go get her daughter home, was going to give her a nap. And she got out in the middle of the parking lot, literally. It was all snow. And a polar bear attacked her and ate her. About that simple. The thing was very graphic. They had to try to beat the bear off with, a, with snow shovels. They had to shut the curtains on the school, pull the shades, and finally a fellow from the village went out and shot the bear. What's that got to do with this message? Oh, that was a long time ago. It was January 17th of this year. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. I want to impress upon you the need to be found wearing the robe of righteousness this morning. Don't put it off if you have it. Don't think you're going to take care of it tonight. Don't think you're going to take care of it tomorrow. Don't think you're going to think of, you need to respond to God. You need to get right with God, your maker. And as this rock dries out and gets whiter, you need to progress in your relationship with God. Oh, I'm pretty comfortable now. I don't want to change a whole lot in my life. I don't think, in fact, I got other pursuits uh, I really don't need to uh, spend much time in God's Word. We're trying to read through the New Testament, 23 verses, and you'll get through the New Testament. I uh, make light of reading through the whole Bible in 23 verses. But you need to do what God's wanting you to do today. If he wants you to get baptized, you need to yield and get baptized. If he wants you to join the church, he wants you to be part of that bride, Oh, I'm part of the bride. I'm, I believe in the universal church. So do I. Uh, show me how you tithe to the universal church, though. Show me how you support missionaries through the universal church. There's a universal church. It's made up of the local churches in this country and some of the people that haven't gotten quite right with God and made the commitment to be part of a local church. There's church membership. Now we want to go on to tithing. We can go on to tithing. I don't know where God's drawing the line with you or where you're making light of God's will in your life. Oh, that's Old Testament. Oh, so is this whole message. It's Old Testament. The Jews understood exactly what he meant when he was talking about the bride. And now you do too. You know that Jesus Christ is going to have a wedding feast. And you're invited. You're commanded to come. And there's repercussions if you make light of it. What happened to the ones that made light of that invitation? He destroyed their city. This country's making light of God's will right now. I've seen clips on YouTube put on by a Christian organization, thank heavens, because it was somewhat filtered. But they're having open demonic worships. Hollywood is. 
make light of it, Roy. Make light of it. No, I can't make light of it. As sure as I'm standing here today, as sure as I'm an old man here today, I wouldn't have made it if I wouldn't have changed the color of my skin, so to speak, as I would have tried to dry out and become more like Jesus Christ. I had to come to a point in my life, not only where I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, but I had to make God's Word applicable to me, completely applicable to me. I had to submit myself to God's will in my life. There's a lot of places I'd rather be this morning, but I wouldn't want to be there outside of God's will. Each one of us have to come to those terms. It's commendable you come. It's commendable you're here. It's wonderful you people are here. It's easier to communicate with you when you're here. And God only wants what's best for you. He wants, I see, we're all struggling. We all have struggles in our lives. Nobody's, nobody's made it. Nobody's got that garment on yet. We're trying to get fitted for it. We did accept Christ as my personal Savior. I'm in line. But it's not going to be handed to me till I show up at the wedding feast. And then it's going to be to cover my shortcomings, my rough edges, the th things that I didn't yield to God. You know, and I want a good fit when I get there. The suit's getting a little tight. I must be getting bigger when I get, as I get older. God wants you to be complete. He doesn't want to have to send, send your suit back to the tailors when you get there. He will, though. He'll love you. He'll be gracious because he wants you in heaven. But the things we make light of on, our, on this earth are the things that's going to hinder us or help us as we go to the wedding feast. Let's all stand. The Lord loves us. He blesses us. He gives his mercy upon us.